Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for March 21, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. If you're awake, that is, if you've managed to get through three hours of Monday Night Raw. You know, a lot of people wonder why you watch three hours of Monday Night Raw and then two hours of me do this podcast, this live stream. Let me tell you guys something, man. Nobody here is watching Monday Night Raw. Most of the people watching this show would rather watch me than watch Monday Night Raw. It's 100% factual information. I'm not the only podcaster in the community that people go to to get their Monday night news. So we could put that shit to bed right now. Monday Night Raw was a complete dumpster fire, as always. 
It's been better the last couple weeks. It's been better than SmackDown, but it's not that difficult to be better than SmackDown. SmackDown's been the worst wrestling show on TV for months now. Monday Night Raw does not have a world championship. Brock Lesnar's tied up on SmackDown. WWE finally realized that, oh, oh, Brock Lesnar's the WWE champion. Maybe we should have him show up on Monday Night Raw next week on the go-home show for WrestleMania. That's exactly what they're doing. They don't have a world championship. There's nothing for anybody to fight about or fight over. So Lesnar's tied up with Reigns, and then at WrestleMania, Reigns is going to win the championship, and WWE, from that point on, I don't know what they're doing with their world championship. There may be one world championship. Meltzer seems to think that there's still going to be two world championships. Hopefully, there's just one world championship and one brand. I hope that is the case. SmackDown, where you got Roman and Lesnar as the major program. There's no major program on Monday Night Raw. The major program is what's happening with Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. If you guys weren't aware, every other move, Seth freaking Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins with a Falcon's arrow. Seth freaking Rollins with a knee drop. Seth freaking Rollins with a frog splash. Seth freaking Rollins with a toupee suicida. Every time. Make it stop. Make it stop. It is absolutely terrible. Seth Rollins was... The biggest thing on this show has been the biggest thing on Monday Night Raw for the last couple weeks, ever since these Cody Rhodes rumors have started, and Cody left AEW. Cody acknowledged, or Cody didn't really acknowledge anything. Seth acknowledged Cody Rhodes, and Cody's been tweeting a little bit as of late. Brandy has been tweeting a little bit as of late. They've become a little bit more active, but Seth Rollins tonight acknowledged Cody Rhodes and the Cody Rhodes rumors. He lost to AJ Styles in the main event. Another WWE legend on the line tonight because WWE doesn't know what else to do as far as the build to WrestleMania. So AJ and Rollins had a match tonight. And Edge was on the line. The winner of this match gets to wrestle Edge at WrestleMania. Obviously, Seth Rollins lost. Seth Rollins... Lost by DQ because Edge came down at the end of the match and hit AJ Styles in the back with the steel chair. Caused a disqualification. At the end of the match, Rollins was claiming bullshit. Had to bleep him out several times. Bullshit this, bullshit that. Destroyed the ringside area. Overturned the announce table. Even pulled one of the panels off the ring posts. The LED panel off the ring post. Rollins pulled off. Rollins was upset, like I said, declared bullshit. And he said next week, Raw will not happen until he gets his match at WrestleMania. Fans at this point chanted Cody for the second time this evening. They chanted Cody earlier in the night. It's no secret to fans who attended the shows that it will be Rollins versus Rhodes at WrestleMania. There were louder Cody chants this week than there were last week. Rollins acknowledged the chants and referenced the rumors that have been going around on the internet. Earlier in the show, like I said, fans chanted for Cody Rollins said, rumors are a lot of fun, but rumors don't make moments, and I'm living for my WrestleMania moment. 
Now, from the ending of the show tonight, which was literally the only redeeming thing about this show at all, it looks like on the surface that Cody may appear on next week's show, but Dave Meltzer is stating on the Wrestling Observer Radio that WWE has been considering holding off on Cody's appearance until WrestleMania, similar to how the Hardys returned at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, Florida to win the WWE then Tag Team Championships. I will I will admit, you know, whereas this show is ultimately just a complete snooze fest and this show is fucking boring and most of this WrestleMania build has been fucking atrocious, there are a couple of redeeming things going into WrestleMania. Overall, the WrestleMania build has been one of the worst I've ever seen. This is one of the worst WrestleMania cards from top to bottom that I've ever seen. There's legitimately nothing to care about outside of Reigns, Lesnar, Edge, and Styles, which the build has been lackluster for that, but I mean, it's Edge and Styles. I really can't complain about that. And then Cody Rhodes, who's not even there yet, against Seth Rollins, and that's it. McAfee may have a sleeper match against Austin Theory, and that's legitimately it for WrestleMania. There's nothing else redeeming about this show. I I don't care to invest my time in B-list celebrity, D-list, never mind B, D-list celebrities at WrestleMania. It's amazing to me how WWE thinks that they're doing a good job. It's amazing to me how some of these fucking shill check marks on social media love everything about what WWE's doing for WrestleMania. What are they doing that's so great? The build has been so fucking garbage. WWE has taken such an apathetic attitude towards the build of WrestleMania that it really makes us suffer. When WWE shows such an apathetic attitude towards their build and towards their card and towards putting a card together, what do you think the fans are going to fucking do? If WWE puts towards this apathetic attitude, then the fans are going to have an apathetic attitude towards whatever WWE does. It works both ways. If WWE doesn't care, then the fans aren't going to care. And it's very easy to see that WWE doesn't care. And I said this a couple of times in the last couple of days. I even said it on social media. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Cody Rhodes is instantly a god and going to save WrestleMania. Cody is not good enough to save an entirety of a WrestleMania show. Cody Rhodes is definitely going to be the most interesting thing going into WrestleMania. Seth Rollins right there with him. And I find it funny how an AEW guy, one of the founding fathers of AEW, who reportedly, by the way, signed on for 3 to $5 million per year. Over how many years they gave him, I don't know. Cody Rhodes is making that money. Good for him. Good for him. I hope to God that WWE is paying him that money because they don't want to bury somebody that's making $5 million a year. So if they're paying him that kind of money, that main event money, that championship level money, then they better be treating him like a fucking god on Monday night. Cody Rhodes is not going to actively save WrestleMania by himself. Cody Rhodes just makes WrestleMania a little bit more interesting on top of what I already found is interesting about this show, which is barely anything. 
He's definitely the most interesting thing going into WrestleMania. And I find it funny how a founding father of AEW is the most interesting thing going into WrestleMania. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. WWE needs Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes does not need WWE. He could have went, went anywhere and made that kind of money. Anywhere. He doesn't need WWE to make that money. WrestleMania needs Cody Rhodes. It's not the other way around. Don't get it mixed up. But as far as everything is concerned with what happened with Seth Rollins tonight, WWE has done, outside of the legends being on the line, WWE has done a a fairly good job at building intrigue for what Rollins is going to be doing at WrestleMania. I loved the meltdown tonight. I loved the meltdown. I loved Rollins and his frustration. And I honestly am excited For Cody Rhodes. Some of you may not be excited for Cody Rhodes. And rightfully so. Some of you actually might be upset that he's joining WWE. And at that point, I don't fault you. I could go back and give you a comparison. Tom Glavin left the Braves to join the Mets. I never never gave a shit about Tom Glavin after that. Always going to be an Atlanta Brave in my heart. But Tom Glavin joining the New York Mets, he didn't really do shit with the New York Mets. But he left Atlanta. Same thing with Maddox. Greg Maddox left Atlanta. Maddox is my favorite pitcher of all time. He went on and did whatever he had to do on the West Coast. It's like your favorite superstar, your favorite athlete going to join an enemy team. I get why people may be upset with Cody. One day they liked him, the next day that they fucking hated him. I get it. But I can't take away from Cody's drawing power and interest that he's absolutely giving us a must-see thing, a must-see moment at WrestleMania. And I don't debut him next week. WWE would be in the wrong to debut Cody next week. I saved that man for WrestleMania. Everybody knows he's coming out at WrestleMania. Everybody knows he's at this point wrestling Seth Rollins. So why give it away? Why give it away? Just treat it as everybody knows and give everybody what they already know at WrestleMania and use Cody Rhodes as a reset button on the Raw after WrestleMania. Have the new season of WWE television on Monday night kick off with Cody Rhodes. There's no reason to debut him next week in Pittsburgh. No reason at all to debut him in Pittsburgh one week before WrestleMania. Absolutely not necessary. I'm waiting till Dallas to debut Cody Rhodes. So, with everything that's going on outside of that, Monday Night Raw had nothing. I could sit here and talk about how Kevin Owens did a great job, but I, I don't really care to get invested in Kevin Owens and Steve Austin having a fight over bad words being said about Texas. Not really what grabs me as far as interest is concerned. Is it going to be exciting to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come out and the glass shatter and him raising the middle finger and him drinking beer? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't like that? But I know why WWE is doing it. I know why WWE is bringing Austin back. It's because they were desperate to sell tickets. You think if WWE had this fucking show sold out and rosters up and down on both shows where they could give you a Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match any way that they want. 
with anybody on the on that roster, anywhere that they want. You think we would need Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. WWE hasn't built up any new stars outside of Roman Reigns, and that's about it. So their need for nostalgia is necessary at WrestleMania. And these people that get fucking high off nostalgia, they're the fucking problem. But it's also a reason why WrestleMania hasn't sold out. So whatever WWE thinks is working is not. And WrestleMania won't be a sellout. WrestleMania will be fabricated by at least 20,000 on both nights. Nothing about WrestleMania is exciting outside of Cody, Rollins, Edge, Styles, Lesnar, and Reigns. And that's it. WWE has been so apathetic, and that's their own fucking problem. That's their fault. When you give an I-don't-give-a-fuck, I-don't-give-a-shit attitude, that's the same type of attitude you're going to condition the fans to have towards your product. And that's exactly how I feel. That's how exactly a lot of people feel. Most of these matches are casual matches that will be watched by first-timers everywhere. Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville... Pat McAfee, how could you really invest as a true wrestling fan? How are you going to invest in matches like that that don't? None of these matches have payoffs. That's the other fucking problem. WrestleMania is supposed to be a fucking show about payoffs. There's no payoffs outside Lesnar Reigns and Bianca with Becky Cringe. It's about it. Everything else has been kind of thrown on the card just for the sake of Getting everybody on the show. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. How am I supposed to get excited about that? Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. I'm telling you right now. If there's one thing that everybody's going to want to see. WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be that. And WWE has done a fairly decent job. At building intrigue. With Rollins not having an opponent. One week. One and a half weeks to go. Before WrestleMania. So I got to give them some credit in Seth Rollins' case on what they're doing with him going into WrestleMania weekend. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this Monday night Raw post show. Right here on Off the Script, we're going to talk about Omos. Omos apparently has a WrestleMania opponent all lined up. Apparently, it's a major surprise. Who is it going to be? I don't know. I had fucking nightmares earlier this afternoon about WWE bringing in yet another legend to put over Omos. Apparently, WWE has his opponent already lined up, and it's not somebody that you will be overwhelmingly enthused with because I've actually pitched this match well before the Royal Rumble, and you guys know what that is. So we'll go over that. Kevin Owens called out Stone Cold Steve Austin again tonight, trolled everybody doing a Stone Cold Steve Austin cosplay to open Monday Night Raw. Funny. Shows how much Kevin Owens is worth and how valuable he really is. But at the end of the day, I just don't give a shit. The women's division continues to be terrible. Women's tag team titles, atrocious. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, absolutely horrendous. Becky Lynch cut one of the worst promos I have ever heard. And I'll get into why when we talk about Becky Lynch a little bit later. Awful. Awful. And you got check marks out there praising Becky Lynch. 
At this rate, it would probably be best if Becky Lynch was off television because she's not only doing damage to the division, but she's absolutely ruining any value that that title once had. And Finn Balor once again wrestled Austin Theory. Pat McAfee was on the show tonight doing commentary, more so being a pest, a nuisance to Austin Theory. So McAfee came over from Friday night and did commentary on Monday Night Raw with Austin Theory wrestling Finn Balor. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. See 555 likes in the chat. We need a thousand minimum on today's Monday Night Raw post show right here on OTS. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, go and do that for me right now, man. Absolutely the best way to help out the channel. Hit that join button. I just got a notification from YouTube today, man. We just hit 400 channel members. 400 VIPs, man. Become a part of this elite VIP section. Join the VIP club right here on OTS. Hit that join button down below. You guys can sit right back there with me. First round is on me. You guys get those emotes in the chat, in the comment section. And you guys get badges next to your name, man. So make sure you hit that join button and become OTS VIPs. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. You guys let me know what you thought of Monday Night Raw or anything that happened this week in the world of professional wrestling. Today's show sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save 20% off and save on their ultra-premium collection. We'll talk about Manscaped a little bit later. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage, including yesterday's nearly one hour OTS Extra, where we talked about a new main event on night one of WrestleMania. It seems like the android has been bumped from the main event. (laughs) WWE thinking the same thing that I am thinking. That Ronda Rousey. He's going to put Dallas to sleep. Ronda Rousey. It's great. Let's get into the top, man. Monday Night Raw started off with Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens came out to Stone Cold's uh, theme music. And Kevin Owens was wearing a very tacky-looking bald cap. He had this covering over his head. He looked bald like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He had an Austin 316 shirt on. He wore jean shorts. He wore a knee brace. And Corey Graves was loving every bit of this, man. I thought this was very comical for Kevin Owens to come out here and do a Stone Cold Steve Austin cosplay. So Owens stood in the middle of the ring. Everybody got excited when the glass shattered. I don't know why WWE continues to hype up this match by playing Stone Cold's theme. And the next time we should hear it is at WrestleMania. Don't know why we heard it already twice on Monday Night Raw. The only time we should have ever heard it was at WrestleMania. But WWE, they like to bust their load early. So he's, he says in the ring, Chicago, if you're ready to see Kevin Owens open up a can of whoop-ass on Stone Cold Steve Austin, 
at WrestleMania. Give me a hell yeah, he says. Fans booed. He said, what? What? And he repeated what over and over again. He then said, pretending to be Steve Austin, that everything KO said about his horrible home state is true. He said that's why he accepted his invite to be on his talk show at WrestleMania. He said he pretended to be a badass in the middle of nowhere when he filmed a selfie video accepting the WrestleMania challenge. So one of his knee braces appeared to have a a, a kickstand on it, and he went into his signature KO Austin-like bits. He said, eh, eh, some bitch. And we want Austin. Fans are chanting, we want Austin, we want Austin. So Austin's music played again, and Owens kind of jerked his head around like Austin does, looked at the stage, and Austin's entrance video aired, and he began laughing. So not once, but twice, Kevin Owens trolled the Chicago audience with Stone Cold's theme music. So fool you once, shame on you. Fool you twice, shame on you for being absolute idiots. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. He said, all that's left is to drink some beer and get some liquid courage before KO gives him an ass kicking of a lifetime. Now give me some beer. So Austin's music played again. Owens dropped the can that was tossed to him. Owens picked up the mic and asked them to stop the music. Owens blamed the stage chant for throwing the beer so poorly that he dropped it. You must be from Chicago, right? So he had the stagehand entering the ring, and he had this guy, this poor schmuck, hand Kevin Owens a beer. Kevin Owens made fun of him about how he entered the ring. Owens then gave him a stunner and then got down and trash-talked his face like Stone Cold would do after a stunner. Owens opened two beers and poured them over the guy's face after trolling he was going to drink it, poured it on the guy's face, wasting Beverages on Monday Night Raw. Now, it's Coors Light, and Coors Light sucks, but nobody should waste cold beverages the way Stone Cold or Kevin Owens here wasted a beer. So, I loved Kevin Owens' performance. I loved Kevin Owens' performance about this. I don't like the fact that WWE trolled the audience not once but twice about Stone Cold Steve Austin being there and Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out to embrace the Chicago audience. I felt like it would have been a bigger deal if they didn't troll people with Austin's theme music or the glass shattering. That, that's a way to really turn people off. I don't really agree with that at all. There are moments that should really be saved for WrestleMania, and Austin has been away for 19 years. And Austin hasn't really done anything in a physical capacity that he's going to be doing at WrestleMania in a very long time. And at the start of the year, nobody thought that Austin would be at WrestleMania in a a physical way. And here WWE is busting their load early with Stone Cold Steve Austin and his theme music playing in a segment a couple of weeks ago. And then again tonight, twice in a segment with Kevin Owens. I I don't understand that. And Jesse's texting me, and I agree with him. Vince has a weird fetish with trolling Chicago like that. Why does he got to troll Chicago? Is it because Chicago is synonymous with CM Punk? 
Does he hate Chicago? Does he troll Chicago because he knows that it's one of AEW's home bases? Chicago's one of the best, if not the best, wrestling town in all the United States. So why would you troll Chicago like that, uh, an audience of pro wrestling fans? Why would you troll the audience like that, knowing that you're not going to deliver Stone Cold Steve Austin? So you treat everybody like a fucking fool. You give them something that they want to see, then don't give it to them. And you kind of water down the moment when his theme music actually hits at WrestleMania and an ass kicking is legitimately coming to Kevin Owens. It's not the way I would operate. It's not the way I would do business. This is 19 years to hear Stone Cold's music at WrestleMania in a physical capacity, and you've already given it away four different times on Monday Night Raw in the last two weeks. Not exactly what I would look at and say is epic. That music is very synonymous. It's fucking classic. Everybody listens to that glass shatter, and it brings us back to a day and age that we will never see ever again. And that moment should have been saved in front of that audience in Dallas. But Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard think otherwise. That's the main gripe I have with the segment. Kevin Owens was great. Kevin Owens is fucking awesome. We all love Kevin Owens. But giving that away, not really a good look, no matter how great Kevin Owens performed and did a Stone Cold cosplay tonight on Monday Night Raw. Kevin Patrick was backstage. He interviewed a very sad Seth Rollins. He asked what his current state of mind is regarding not going to WrestleMania this year. Fans chanted Cody. Cody. Cody's name was being chanted in Chicago on a WWE show. Seth then left, and he broke into this wild laughter. He then seemed to take the microphone away from Kevin Patrick and almost run away from the segment, seemingly coming out to the ringside area because he was going to address us with yet another brilliant idea on how to get to WrestleMania and be featured on WrestleMania's card. So that was pretty much that. Ray and Dominic Mysterio, they made their entrance to the ring. Booyaka, booyaka, 619. Booyaka, booyaka, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, who, by the way, were featured on NXT Tuesday night in a segment that I find... I find absolutely laughable, man. They they featured the Mysterios in a segment on Tuesday night against Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma. I've been preaching the choir about the Mysterios and Fantasma for months now. The OGs of the channel can go back and find the fucking NXT post shows that I did when Santos Escobar was the Cruiserweight Champion. And I said, why is Santos Escobar the cruiserweight champion and Dominic Mysterio is on Monday Night Raw not doing a fucking thing? Dominic Mysterio should have won the cruiserweight championship from Santos Escobar. Dominic Mysterio should be the cruiserweight champion. It should have been the cruiserweight champion before they actually finished off the entire division, ended 205 Live and fucking canceled the championship. Dominic Mysterio should realistically be on NXT. I don't know how many of you guys watch NXT. How many of you guys watch NXT? Nobody. (laughs) 
Nobody watches NXT, man. Nobody watches it. It's fucking garbage. NXT 2.0 is a fucking embarrassment, man. It's sad. You want to fucking feel instant sadness, you watch NXT 2.0. Dominic Mysterio wrestled on Tuesday night. He looked better in an NXT ring than he's ever looked in a WWE main roster ring on Tuesday night. Who was right again? Oh, I was right, right? Yeah, Jesse, I was right, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was right. Again, Dominic Mysterio versus Santos Escobar should have been a thing, but WWE fucked it up. And now they're bringing main roster talent to NXT on Tuesday night because they think somehow the ratings are going to be better with main roster talent there. Then you're defeating the purpose of why NXT even exists. You're defeating the purpose of why NXT is even here. Nobody wants to see Miz TV on fucking Tuesday nights. We barely even want to see it on Monday night. Who wants to see it on Tuesday night? Give me a break. So Dominic and Rey Mysterio, they wrestled Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler in a tag team match. Oh, joy. Oh, joy, man. I can't wait for this one. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Match went nearly 10 minutes. Minute into the match, Ray and Dominic hit dives. Seth Rollins' music hit, and he entered the arena, stood on the stage. Rollins said he wanted a spot at WrestleMania, and he wanted to do something even against Austin. His microphone kept cutting out. His microphone kept cutting out as he spoke, and he claimed that they were trying to shut him up. So Ray and Dominic here, they're being beaten down, and they start to make a comeback on Bobby Roode. Dominic gets a hot tag. Dominic had to uh, get in there, and he had to run wild and hopefully win it for his team. And Dominic had Rude pinned, but Ziggler broke up the cover. Dominic gave Ziggler a cutter, but Root came back with a spine buster. Dominic came back with a 619, frog splash, one, two, three, and that was pretty much it for the Mysterios. They get the victory over uh, the NXT champion, and Bobby Roode. Dolph Ziggler, by the way, is the NXT champion. After the match, Ziggler super kicked Dominic as they were celebrating the Mysterios. Ray chased Ziggler at ringside. Miz cut off Ray at ringside on the outside and gave him a skull-crushing finale on the floor. He then did the most disrespectful thing one could do to a luchador, and he pulled Ray Mysterio's mask off. This is one of the easiest things to do to garner heel heat. And Miz pulled Rey Mysterio's mask off. Rey immediately covered his face. Of course they did. And Dominic came over and put a towel on him. And Miz 
ran away with the mask. And Logan Paul was not there. He said they tried to humiliate him, but they couldn't. And he succeeded in humiliating them. He looked into the camera, did the Miz, and told Logan the mask is his. I dare you to wear it next week on Monday Night Raw. And he started to imitate Ray's entrance theme as he strutted up the aisleway into the back. Miz is obnoxious. Miz is a heel. They had him do the most dastardly of heel things to a luchador. Fine. Does that mean I want to see Miz get his ass kicked along with Logan Paul at WrestleMania by the Mysterios? No. I don't care. There's nothing you could do to get interest from me out of this match. This match, to me, is a bathroom break waiting to happen at WrestleMania. I don't care. I I don't care about Dominic. I don't care about Ray. I don't care about The Miz, as he's one of the most boring WWE superstars in the modern era. And then Logan Paul, spare me. Dominic, I was more interested in Dominic wrestling on NXT Tuesday night than I've been in this entire fucking feud. Time to move on. Commander Aziz and Apollo Crews, two guys that will be on Nick Khan's budget cut list after WrestleMania. I'm taking bets on whether or not this will happen. Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz wrestled Omas. Omas! Omas, by the way, who apparently has plans at WrestleMania. Omos has plans at WrestleMania. Wow. This is really exciting stuff, guys. Oh, my God. I don't believe that there are people that paid money to sit at WrestleMania night one or night two to see fucking Omos on the WrestleMania card. So, Russell votes. Russell Votes is always an entertaining account, man. I love Russell Votes. Earlier today on Monday, they reported and tweeted out that WWE has an opponent in mind for Omos. And it would surprise some people. Now, it was noted that the opponent would not be Cody Rhodes. Because obviously he has to mention this. It's not going to be Cody Rhodes. And it's not Veer Mahan. Fightful then came in. And followed up Russell Vogt's tweet and reported that the mystery opponent for Omas will be Bobby Lashley. Now, I thought, without obviously seeing the Fightful report first, I legitimately thought they were bringing in another WWE legend to wrestle Omas and put over Omas. Somebody bigger, somebody much larger than Omas. To give Omos that big giant feel and have him be the most dominant giant in all of WWE. I legitimately thought that they were going to bring back the great Kali to wrestle fucking Omos at WrestleMania. I'm glad that that is not going to be the case. Seriously. It legitimately gave me fucking nausea even thinking about it earlier this afternoon. So Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, who was supposedly supposed to be out for four months following his injury 
at the Elimination Chamber. Well, he was injured at the Royal Rumble in his match with Brock Lesnar, but he went into the chamber injured as WWE Champion, only to be taken out of the match, and he was never there to compete to defend his championship. Clearly, he's been training to return, and Bobby Lashley apparently has been looking healthy enough to get in shape for a match with Omos in Dallas. Now, I don't know what point that makes unless Omos is going to beat Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Why would they put Omos in this dominating situation and then have him go into WrestleMania and then ultimately lose to somebody who is, yes, much stronger than he is, much more of a veteran than he is, but why would they do that to an ex-WWE champion? Why would they put Omos over Bobby Lashley? I don't, I don't get it. It really is bizarre to me. They should put somebody in there that he's going to beat. Otherwise, why are we going to believe that Omos is, is a dominating giant? So, remember when I said that Bobby Lashley and Omos, in my eyes, was going to be a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania? It seems to me that I wasn't that far off because we ended up getting the match or supposedly we're going to end up getting the match that I originally pitched going into the Royal Rumble, right? I said, Bobby Lashley is going to win the WWE Championship and he's going to go all the way to WrestleMania with it to drop it to Omos as Lesnar was going to wrestle Reigns simply for the Universal Championship because nobody thought that WWE was going to do a unification match. But here we are getting the match without the championship on the line, and we're going to get Omos versus Lashley at WrestleMania. It's amazing to me. I even said as far as Bobby Lashley is going to beat Lesnar at the Royal Rumble and then go on to defend the title against Omos at WrestleMania. And the only reason why he got the match with Lesnar that WWE never wanted to go and do anyway is because he promised WWE that he would put over Omos at WrestleMania and Omos would be the new WWE champion. There was a point in time where WWE was just building up Omos to be such a dominating force. I don't think Omos should ever be WWE champion. I didn't want that to happen. I just put it out there. But now seemingly we're going to get that match anyway at WrestleMania. And I don't see what good it would do Bobby Lashley to show up at WrestleMania and ultimately lose to Omos. I would figure if Bobby Lashley is healthy to come back, he's going to be on TV and he's going to be going right to the top because he never lost that championship. He never lost that WWE championship at the Elimination Chamber. He never even got a chance to compete. But another WrestleMania match, folks, that's more than likely you will be using as some sort of drink, bathroom, or scooping cat litter, walking the dog so the dog could go take a fucking steaming dump on your neighbor's lawn break. I don't know who is excited about Omos at WrestleMania. This match lasted three minutes. Omos knocked Cruz down with the boot to the face. He then one arm slammed Aziz. Then he pressed Cruz over his head before dropping him. He then gave Aziz a big boot. He followed by grabbing Cruz and pointing at Aziz and saying, This is your fault. Omos then gave Cruz a head vice slam onto Aziz, and he covered both at once for the one, two, three. Jimmy Smith called it an unreal display 
of dominance on commentary. Mark my words. Mark my words. Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz will be released from WWE following WrestleMania. If their names are not on that list, I will be fucking shocked. Apollo Crews deserves a lot better than what is going on with him right now on Raw. How the mighty have fallen. WWE actually gave this guy a chance with that gimmick, and he got it over. He was doing very well with it, and now he's being pinned in a fucking stack'em situation by Omos. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Either that or he's got a contract coming up, and he doesn't resign. Whatever the case is, he needs to get the fuck out of there and fast. Apollo Crews. After the match, Omos said, it doesn't matter how big or how main event somebody is, but I am unstoppable. Anyone that has the balls to go up against me at WrestleMania, they will be dominated. Anybody that goes up against Omas will be dominated. Says Omas. Dominated. There's your fucking inside clue on who is wrestling Omas at WrestleMania. Dominated, the dominator, Bobby Lashley. There you go. AJ Styles. He talked about watching a replay of Edge beat him down. I am still marking out that Edge has the other side by Alter Bridge as his new theme music. I am calling it right now, man. If somebody does not get on the phone with Alter Bridge's management and gets them at WrestleMania to play that song live for Edge at WrestleMania, somebody's doing something wrong. By the way, I don't know if you guys are aware. I'm not a big Frank Sinatra guy, but Mark Tremonti just covered a Frank Sinatra song, and he did it, and it was fucking off, uh, awesome. It was unbelievable. I, I never I never imagined Mark Tremonti singing Frank Sinatra the way Mark Tremonti sang Frank Sinatra today, man. It was incredible. So if you guys want to go check that out, just type in Tremonti Frank Sinatra. I'm sure it'll be the first thing that pops up, man. Fucking Great. What a vocalist Mark Tremonti is, man. Everybody wants to say Miles is such a great vocalist. Miles is the best vocalist in all of music. No doubt about it. Not even, not even up for discussion. But Mark Tremonti, man, holy shit. Imagine having a one-two combo in the band with Miles and Tremonti singing. It's a fucking super group right there, bro. Styles, he says he doesn't care why. He just wants to kick Edge's teeth down his throat. And he says they don't have to wait till WrestleMania. And he said, I want him to come out right now and I want him to get get what's coming to him. Be a man, Styles said. When Edge didn't come out, Styles called Edge a coward. And all of a sudden, Seth Rollins' music hit. Seth came out and fans were chanting Cody, Cody again. Seth told Chicago to simmer down. Rumors are a lot of fun, but rumors don't make moments. And I'm living for my WrestleMania moment. Styles told him to cut the shit and ask what he wants 
right now. Seth says he's concerned for Styles' well-being. He asks if he's capable of facing Edge at WrestleMania, given what happened to him. He told him to go home to his wife and his kids and get 100%, then come back after WrestleMania. And you let me do what I should have done inside Hell in a Cell, and that is end Edge's career on the grandest stage of them all. He said that's what's befitting him. Styles says as long as he's able to walk, he will be at WrestleMania, and he'll face Edge at Mania. So Seth said, oh, so if some unfortunate reason you got taken out, you're saying I could have your match against Edge at WrestleMania. Styles said this is like his ploy last week to try and take KO spot. Seth X Chicago, how they felt about him versus Styles tonight. He said desperate times call for desperate measures, and he's running out of options. Styles told Seth he dresses like an idiot, and he's delusional too. He says he's not going to just give up his spot at WrestleMania. He said he's going to do what he couldn't. He's going to destroy Edge. He said then they'll get back to him, and all of a sudden... Adam Pierce and Sony Deville come walking out. Pierce asks Seth, listen. I am not going to rain on your parade. Pierce said he and Deville have decided he'll get one last chance at WrestleMania. If Seth can beat Styles tonight, he will replace Styles against Edge at WrestleMania. Styles obviously was upset and yelled, are you kidding? Seth was elated at this news. And Styles hit Seth a few times and he cheap-shotted him, and that was pretty much it. Pretty much it. So, WWE once again is putting a legend on the line, like they did last week with KO and Rollins, with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the line. They're doing the same thing this week with Edge. And this is your main event. Rollins and Styles with Edge on the line. The winner gets Edge at WrestleMania. It is lazy. It is... Very childish-like booking by WWE. Don't really have any interest in it because we all know what the outcome is going to be, and there's no way that Styles is losing to Rollins because that's the match that they made, and that's the match that they've been building up, Edge and, Edge and Styles. There's no way that Rollins is going to win this match. The WWE very lazily putting this thing together, and the only thing interesting about it is how Rollins is handling it all, seeing the downfall of Seth Rollins as he gets closer and closer to WrestleMania and realizes that he doesn't have a spot on the show. So that's the most interesting part to me, to see the downfall of Rollins, ultimately to stand there and have Cody's theme go off, which I hope is his actual theme and not a WWE-given generic theme at WrestleMania. Hearing that music go off and we get a great match between those two, men. something that's going to really burn the house down, legitimately, at WrestleMania. But this is lazy booking. It really is. And this is a product of WWE not having a world championship match on Monday Night Raw with a championship that two main event level guys can battle over. You've tied up both championships on SmackDown and left Monday Night Raw without a world championship. And no way is WWE going to build up the United States Championship to be an important title, secondary title on Monday night. That's the fucking problem. With Lesnar and Reigns on SmackDown, Rollins has become the most important thing on the show with his not-yet-confirmed match with Cody Rhodes. It's sad but true. Zelina Vega was backstage. She was with Carmella, 
And she was scrolling on her phone. And Zelina said she's not focused on WrestleMania. You should be watching my back. Carmella said that I have other important things going on. So stop. Vegas said she's working hard enough for both of them because Carmella is focused on their wedding and her reality show. Vegas says they have a fatal four-way now because of her fuck-ups at WrestleMania. And this is not good. This is not good. So she knows how it works. Carmella says, yeah, 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 I know how it works. The more teams that are in there, the less chance we got to win. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. So Vega knocked Carmella's phone out of her hand. They started brawling. Carmella called Vega a hobbit, slapped her. They started rolling around on the floor. Officials came over to uh, break them up and pull them apart. So another tag team going away after they lose the tag team titles at WrestleMania. WWE will take this non-tag team and break them up. The pairing did not make either one of them interesting and breaking them up will make both of them even more less interesting. See how that works? WWE is in a lose-lose situation with these two. Carmella and Zelina Vega are in a lose-lose situation here. Those tag team championships are fucking worthless. No matter who they go to, it's going to be the same fucking story no matter who those championships are on. Who's next? There is nobody left. There is nobody next. Liv Morgan, she teamed up with Rhea Ripley against Shayna Baszler and Natalia. Both of these teams are in the Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag Team Championship match. You know, I'm looking at Shayna Baszler. I'm looking at Shayna Baszler. Now, we all know Rhea Ripley sucks. We all know Rhea Ripley is a uh, tag team specialist now because that's what WWE seemingly has done with her. They, they took her from NXT and had her have one token run as champion. Charlotte Flair buried her, and then they paired her with a fucking comic book character known as Nikki Ash, who's not even on the fucking show anymore. Won't be surprised if she's on Nick Khan's budget cut list at the end of WrestleMania season. She's now a tag team specialist with Liv Morgan. This is well beneath Rhea Ripley. But Rhea Ripley is beyond repair, so I, I don't really know what else you do with Rhea Ripley. Liv Morgan, this is probably more beneficial for Liv Morgan because it gives her a spot on TV, whereas she would not have had a spot on TV, let alone a WrestleMania spot. Shayna Baszler. How generic does Shayna Baszler feel? I remember once upon a time when Triple H... <laughs> Oh, man, Triple H, man. Remember when Triple H was in charge, man? The good old days. What is Triple H doing now, man? He's pushing pencils and fucking Stanford Titan Tower, man. What is he doing? He's filing papers. Yo, Paul, the printer's out of ink. I need more ink. Yo, Paul, I need a Starbucks. Do you mind making a run? Black coffee, three sugars, no cream. Paul Levesque. Yo, Paul, go to Dunkin'. I need a fucking box of munchkins. Paul Levesque. Yo, Paul, I need my dry cleaning done at 3 p.m. Stop. Paul Levesque. That guy, right? You know, the guy that's on his hands and knees begging for NXT back. You know that Paul Levesque, right? Fuck out of here, man. Feels like fucking ages ago. Paul Levesque. Four years ago, this guy was at the top of the wrestling realm. And now Paul Levesque is fucking taking Bruce's dry cleaning 
every other fucking day down to the local fucking Chinese guy at the fucking uh, dry cleaning shop. That's what Paul Levesque's doing. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. I remember once upon a time when Shayna Baszler was in Triple H's nest. She came out with the black leather jacket. She looked fierce. She looked intense. She was NXT champion. This woman, outside of Asuka, outside of Asuka, was the most dominating woman in the entire company. And WWE called her up, and ever since she lost to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania in an empty gymnasium, Shayna Baszler has been fucking buried. Tag team with Nia Jax for way too long. Then they broke up. Shayna Baszler did absolutely nothing after that tag team with Nia Jax. Now she's teaming with fucking Natalia. Of all people, Shayna Baszler is teaming with Natalia? What sense does that make? This is a woman that Shayna Baszler should be fucking submitting left and right. Natalia. Her and her fucking 18 cats, Natalia. Shayna Baszler is as generic as they. They changed her theme music. They took the leather jacket away, which was a great aesthetic. They, they don't give her a fucking microphone to cut promo. Shayna Baszler can cut a damn good promo. Shayna, I can't tell the difference between Shayna Baszler and Dana Brooke. That's how irrelevant Shayna Baszler is. Same thing's happening with Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is as dead as they come. Legitimately, nothing can save Rhea Ripley. Maybe a heel turn would make her a little bit more interesting, but nothing is going to save Rhea Ripley. Nothing. Shayna Baszler is buried. And I would not be surprised if she ends up getting released from WWE at some point. May not happen soon, but she doesn't really fit the mold of WWE television. So this match happened. This match ended in about three minutes or so. Carmella comes marching out. She storms to the ring. She goes right over to Corey Graves and starts complaining to Corey Graves about what Zelina Vega did to her in the back. Graves pretty much pulled himself away from commentary, telling his fiance to calm down. Natalia and Baszler picked up a win on Liv Morgan after they delivered the heart attack. This is Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Breath the Hitman Heart's finishing move is the Heart Foundation. The heart attack. By Shayna Baszler and Natalia, one, two, three. After the match, Zelina came out and attacked Ripley with a kendo stick from behind. Carmella shoved Natalia into the steel steps before taking Baszler out with a super kick. Carmella and Zelina teased another brawl, but then they hugged and smiled. They're on the same page after all. Oh, it was one big ploy. Sure. Find somebody that actually gives a fuck about Carmella and Zelina Vega making a a fucking big statement here for the women's tag team match at WrestleMania. Give me a break. Ladies and gentlemen, it pains me. It honestly pains me that I have to talk about this next segment. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. This has been one of the worst acts in all of pro wrestling, Becky Lynch, big time cringe, big time Bex, Becky Lynch. 
the Raw Women's Champion, who apparently has a title match with Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. They are supposedly opening the Saturday night, night one, WrestleMania show. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair have this feud going on, and none of it, none of it has been good at all. The story sucks. The build has been fucking garbage. Bianca Belair does not feel any more important than she did last year when she won the Royal Rumble and went to WrestleMania and wrestled Sasha Banks. I'm still waiting for somebody to really tell me with facts and dates and something. And you can't mention Doe Drop and the fucking seven matches that they had where Bianca Belair KOD'd her four of the seven matches. Oh my God. She picked up a a woman larger than her and she slammed her down. That doesn't make Bianca Belair look any better than where she sits right now. It's fucking Doe Drop. A loser. A jobber. I'm still waiting for somebody to fucking tell me with fact how Bianca Belair is better here, how Bianca Belair is more important, how how Bianca Belair feels more important here compared to what they did last year with Bianca and Sasha Banks at WrestleMania in Tampa in the main event for the SmackDown Women's Championship. There's no feasible, possible scenario that you could come up with that's going to refute anything I said about that. How is Bianca here going to be any better off compared to what she did to Sasha Banks at WrestleMania? The match with Sasha was more important. The match with with Sasha was in the main event, meaning the last fucking thing you saw on night one. She won the Royal Rumble. She won the Women's Championship. She beat the best women's pro wrestler on the main roster. In the main event of WrestleMania, WWE then fucked it up. She had a couple of good matches with Bayley. She rolls into SummerSlam, and within 26 seconds, 26 seconds, she was buried. Never recovered. Never fucking recovered from SummerSlam. And there are people out there that honestly think WWE had long-term booking in mind when they lost, or she lost, rather, to Becky Lynch at at SummerSlam. There was no long-term booking involved. If you genuinely believe that WWE had Bianca Belair lose in 26 seconds only to book Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch in a rematch at WrestleMania the following year, you may be the absolute dumbest fucking idiot I have ever had the chance to look into this camera and speak to. No way. You can convince me that WWE had long-term booking for that match. They did it as a hot shot scenario, and they had no fucking plan and no fucking vision in mind. None. So again, I ask, how is Bianca Belair doing now, whatever she's doing with Becky, feeling more important and more bigger than she did against Sasha Banks? She's not, and she will never get to that point. WWE is now on social media saying that Bianca Belair has a issue with her throat and she's going to be out 
an unspecified amount of time, is what they said. They even teased that she could possibly miss WrestleMania. Bianca Belair is not missing WrestleMania. There's no fucking way Bianca Belair is missing WrestleMania. WWE added this little caveat, this little injury angle to this storyline because this feud is dead. This feud is absolutely uninteresting, more uninteresting than anything I could possibly come up with. And this feud is complete and utter dog shit to a point where WWE even knows it and they got to add this little injury angle to make it seem bigger and make it seem more important than it really is. That's the reason that Bianca Belair has this injury going into WrestleMania. Too little, too late, Bruce. Too little, too late, Vince McMahon. I'm sorry. So Bianca Belair more than likely is going to show up on the go-home show. It's going to be title versus hair. I'm sure it's going to be Bianca's braid on the line because Becky Lynch promised next week it's the hair, bitch, when she injured Bianca Belair last week with that vicious chair attack against the steel post. That's my prediction. It's going to be hair versus title at WrestleMania, and they'll make the situation uh, that next week. WWE is pathetic. This feud is utter shit. Becky Lynch came out tonight and cut one of the, the worst promos. This was one of the most cringe promos I've ever heard in my entire life watching. I'm 40 years old. This was the worst promo by any female that I've heard in my entire life watching professional wrestling. It was that awful. So much so that Becky Lynch fucking channel, and I swear on my grandfather's fucking tomb, Becky Lynch channeled Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Schmeagle, the little fucking ghoul that hides in the cave, that had the ring that Frodo stole from him. That Gollum. She channeled Lord of the Rings for promo inspiration tonight. Maybe Bruce was at home and he watched Lord of the Rings. You know how much they replay that shit on fucking TNT. Which one did you watch, Bruce? Huh? I love The Hobbit. Which one did you watch? It's unbelievable. Becky was in the middle of the ring. She sat down in a chair. She said there's a question she asks herself a lot, but maybe they don't. Because maybe your mind doesn't think in symphonies like mine does. What does it mean? Or how does someone profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? She said gaining the world can mean a lot of different things to different people. She said it was about eight months ago when she first faced Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. But then it was... 15 months long ago before that, she went without holding the Raw Women's Championship. She said it wasn't because anyone beat her, but rather because she was stripped of it. She said she knew when the time came, she'd do whatever it took to get her precious. And she sounded legitimately like Gollum. 
She said she knew when the time had come, she'd do whatever it takes. I'd do whatever it takes to get back my precious, the little hobbitses, the little hobbitses. This is what she said. She channeled her inner Schmeagle tonight on Monday Night Raw. The prize at the top of the mountain. And this is going to be my word. These little hobbitses. I don't believe I cover this show for a fucking living, man. I, I, don't, I don't believe this. I, I don't believe these words. I don't believe these words were legitimately put on a piece of paper for her to fucking go out in front of Chicago to recite. I'm waiting for fucking Frodo Baggins and fucking Samwise to come out. I'm waiting for the fucking black guys with the hoods to come riding out on fucking armored horses. Waiting for fucking Gandalf the White to come out and fucking conduct magic and summon trees. Treebeard. Treebeard comes out and fucking saves us all from the steaming pile of fucking garbage. She said when she came back, And the fans chose Bianca over her. That's when she knew she would sell her soul to keep the title. You can crush my throat, but I will crush yours worse. She said Belair doesn't have what it takes to beat her. She said Belair didn't mean to damage her, but she meant to injure Belair. That's the difference between us. These little hobbitses. She said Belair isn't there this week because she knows she will lose a piece of her soul if she shows if she shows up. Becky said she's already sold her soul and she'd do it again every day of the week, twice on Mondays, if it meant keeping the title on her shoulder. She asked Belair, what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Fans chanted Becky sucks, which at this point is a legit fucking shoot by the fans. She said she'll show the rest of the world at WrestleMania if you make it there. This was absolutely fucking horrendous. Becky Lynch is the worst thing on WWE television. At this rate, at this rate, I may put her over Charlotte Flair. And that is a very, very difficult thing to do. If I am sitting here and telling you that she's worse than Charlotte Flair, the world may fucking, the the world may be ending. If I sit here and tell you that. This feud is absolutely a waste of time. This feud is making Bianca Belair look worse. Bianca Belair, there's no fucking way that anybody can convince me otherwise that Bianca Belair is going to be better off by beating Becky Lynch after she beat Sasha Banks in a much better match and a much more important situation last year at WrestleMania. Becky is not even going to bring Bianca to a tenth of what Sasha Banks did. I'm letting you know right now. Becky Lynch makes the division worse. Becky Lynch has absolutely devalued that Raw Women's Championship. And my God, it did not, it did not have any fucking value before she took hold of it. The entire division sucks worse with Becky Lynch as its champion. Go back to fucking uh, Frodo's hometown. What's Frodo's hometown? 
the little fucking mushroom kingdom he lives in. Go pick berries. Go fucking reminisce by a fucking waterfall somewhere. Seriously. I wish a fucking dragon would swoop in and fucking burn this entire show right to the fucking ground. That's how fucking terrible this show is. Austin Theory. Austin Theory, backstage. Theory says he doesn't care that McAfee's apology wasn't sincere. He says he's a dumb jock, but it was smart to apologize to save his job, even if it wasn't sincere. So he goes on to say that McAfee has no place in the ring with a professional wrestler. And he said, McAfee better be careful because he could go talk to his mentor, Mr. McMahon. It cost McAfee his job as commentator. Yeah, the Shire. Yeah, the Shire. Seriously. Go go fucking, uh, go have your fucking brew with uh, Samwise at uh, the local bar in the Shire. Give me a break. Mr. McMahon, he's going to go tell Mr. McMahon it cost McAfee his job as commentator. Schreiber asks if he's had a chance to prepare for his match against Finn Balor tonight. Theory says he's had so many selfies standing over Finn Balor that he's running out of storage. But he has room for one more on his road to WrestleMania. Austin Theory versus Finn Balor. Like, we haven't seen this fucking match five different times before this. Oh, joy, oh, joy, man. I'm excited about this one. Finn Balor wins. He beats Austin Theory in about eight minutes. Nothing really over the top happened in this match. McAfee came out and he made his presence known. He sat on commentary, did a little commentary, and he distracted Austin Theory several different times. Theory at one point fell out of the ring. McAfee mocked him and did his DX crotch chop. Very over-enthusiastic was McAfee. Balor then drop kicked Theory into the barricade. Theory gives, or uh, Balor rather gives McAfee a too sweet. So after all this, they're back in the ring. Theory's in control for a little bit. McAfee started to get up from his seat again, go, go by ringside and started to rally the crowd behind Finn Balor. Balor came back, big running forearm, double foot stomp. Theory rammed Balor into the announce table and he went over and issued a warning to McAfee. Balor then came over and smashed Theory's head repeatedly into the announce table. Balor went up, back in the ring, up top for the coup de grace. Theory moved out of the way. McAfee then again distracted Theory. And Theory and Balor exchanged counters until Theory hit the ATL for a very close near fall. McAfee once again distracts Austin Theory. And this time Balor rolled him up for a quick one, two, three. And that was pretty much it. Austin Theory loses to Finn Balor, and rightfully so. As Balor, we don't know what he's doing at WrestleMania. I'm, so, I'm, I'm assuming that will be uh, known next week. More than likely, Balor will be wrestling Damian Priest. Rah, Damian Priest! Right, him and his fucking alter ego, Lou Ferrigno. Damian Priest for the United States Championship. Balor wins in eight minutes. Austin Theory, listen. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory may be a... Sleeper match at WrestleMania. If we have anything to go off of, Cole and McAfee was very good. So Austin Theory is a very good pro wrestler. And I'm assuming that McAfee's going to come and he's going to look to fucking tear the house down. I'm not excited about the match. I'm more curious than I am excited. But if it ends up being good, I won't be surprised. 
So it, it's something that I'm kind of looking forward to, but the excitement isn't really there because there's really nothing there that I genuinely care about as far as the build is concerned. It's just another one-off match that's happening at WrestleMania. It's pretty much it. We got Alpha Academy. They made their way out. Chad Gable was shushing RK-Bro. And then they talked about how the crime rate in Chicago is higher than its literacy rate. I kind of chuckled at that line. Chad Gable is awesome. Chad Gable has taken this gimmick, and this is not the first time that we kind of praised Chad Gable. Chad Gable has taken this gimmick, has run with it. Otis dropped the fucking silly shit. He looks like a beast. Chad Gable's been awesome. He's owned the gimmick. He's taken the ball and run with it. He's gotten more TV time than he's ever gotten before in his entire WWE run. He's got a t-shirt out of it. He's got a tag team title run out of it. This is the best run of Chad Gable's WWE career. And I hope that WWE sees the value that they have in Chad Gable. So he's out there talking about Chicago's crime rate and he's comparing it to how low their literacy rate is or higher than its literacy rate. He said, RK bro, we're guilty of criminal negligence when they accepted challenges for their tag team title against any other team than Alpha Academy. He said, Otis is the new face of vengeance. Gable said they're messed up, and they messed it up by making a triple threat match at WrestleMania, reducing their odds of winning, yet they'll still walk out once again Raw tag team champions. So we got a triple threat match with RK Bro, the Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. It was already it was already confirmed. WWE announced this online that this triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Championships was happening at WrestleMania. So what does WWE do? They book two of the three teams tonight in a tag team match where absolutely nobody can lose because all of these teams need to go into WrestleMania looking strong and looking like they have a shot at the tag team titles, right? No. No, Bruce doesn't give a shit. WWE management and creative doesn't give a shit. So Riddle, he got a hot tag to Randy Orton. That's the way operations run in RK, bro. Orton gets the hot tag. Crowd went crazy as usual. Clothesline, then snap power slam Gable. Set up for the draping DDT. Otis broke that up. Orton preoccupied at this point with Otis. Gable snapped Orton's neck over the top rope. Orton came right back with a draping DDT anyway. Orton was playing up to the Chicago crowd. He stood there. They cheered him. He signaled for the RKO, but Gable blocked it. Orton tagged in Riddle, and Gable clotheslined Orton over the top rope. Riddle caught Gable with a high knee to the chin, followed by his bro, Derek, for the one, two, three. Riddle pins Gable. In seven minutes, RK Bro gets the win. I, I I don't understand it. Now I don't want to make a big deal out of it because this is typical WWE fucking shenanigans, shit booking. Why would anybody take RK Bro and Alpha Academy and put them in a tag team match two weeks before WrestleMania after they were already announced for a triple threat match? And Alpha Academy was announced as the third team there. Now, they're getting a tag team title match at WrestleMania. But they lost here. So by my calculations, American Alpha, or America, yeah, American Alpha here, or the Alpha Academy, American Alpha, I wish, 
American Alpha, whatever, Alpha Academy. They're in this match. They lose, and they're going to WrestleMania and getting a tag team title match? So the Alpha Academy is a losing team going into WrestleMania, but still getting a tag team title match in this triple threat match. Why? Why? By my calculations, they don't belong there. By my calculations, they don't deserve to be there. They lost. Clean. This should just be a standard tag team match between Profits and RK-Bro. Shit booking. Bullshit booking by Bruce Pritchett. WWE makes your fucking head spin with this illogical garbage. American Alpha, I wish. Where's Chad Gable and fucking Jason Jordan, man? That was a real fucking tag team. Dana Brooke. They showed a clip of Dana Brooke flirting with Reggie. Kira Tozawa showed up and accused Dana of cheating. The only thing that's, uh, the only person that's cheating here is Bruce. He's cheating us a fucking valuable time on Monday night. Tamina showed up. All four of these fucking geeks brawled backstage. R-Truth joined in and then ran away. Tamina then falls on top of Tozawa. Tozawa asked, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And then Tamina teased kissing him and then scolded him for letting both Reggie and Dana Brooke get away. So this leads to a mixed tag team tornado match between Dana Brooke, Reggie, Tamina, and Tozawa. Reggie pinned Tozawa in, what was this, a minute? A minute and a half at most? And that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. They showed a replay of Tamina's head hitting Tozawa's balls during this match. They even at one point did a stack em. I believe Tamina had Tozawa on her shoulders and Reggie had Dana on his shoulders and they did some fucking fighting uh, as they had uh, these two little fucking pillars fighting each other. Stack them. This, this is ridiculous. Terrible. How does this shit make the show every week? Does anybody in the community find this to be fucking funny? Does anybody in the community find this to be a necessity on the show? I swear to God, and I mean this in all seriousness, the 24-7 championship should be fucking abolished. Dana Brooke, Reggie, Tamina, and Akira Tozawa should actively be removed from all live television indefinitely. I don't know why they're on television. This shit reminded me of a fucking Peter Griffin and fucking chicken fight on Family Guy with what they did. Stack them up on each other's shoulders. Pathetic. If anybody finds this to be humorous, you have a serious fucking problem. Seriously. Get this shit off my television. This doesn't even deserve to be on fucking, uh, some public access fucking channel. In the fucking wee hours of the morning. This does not belong on television. Burn the fucking title. It is completely and utterly useless. And it makes a mockery of everything pro wrestling. This entire segment. Don't even know why Dana Brooke's still employed. The fuck is she employed for? What, what does she bring to the table? What does Dana Brooke bring to the table? Nothing. Tozawa, Tamina, Reggie, what do they bring to the table? Why are they employed? Get them out of here. 
Seth Rollins. He went one-on-one with AJ Styles in the main event of Monday Night Raw. Went nearly 20 minutes, 22 minutes to be exact. Very good match. Predictable outcome. Nothing we haven't seen before from these two. Styles in a springboard forearm outside the ring. We go to a commercial break. There was a couple of commercial breaks. This match, I believe, started around the 10.30, 10.35 time frame on Monday night in the third hour. Styles fought back. He was uh, on the defensive. And he came towards Rollins in the corner, but Rollins moved. Styles went face first into the buckle. And it looked like, honestly, it looked like Styles may have concussed himself possibly on this spot. He went right into the corner. Rollins moved, and he went face first into the buckle. It sounded like he hurt himself. So I hope Styles is okay. Rollins then taunted Styles. He started to smack him up to wake him up a little bit. And he came back with some uh, combo strikes, a fireman's carry neckbreaker. Rollins used a jackknife cover for a near fall. Styles followed with a face buster for two. So Styles was trying to mount to come back. He was a little sluggish. I hope he didn't give himself a concussion here before WrestleMania. Rollins blocked the Styles clash, followed with a rolling elbow. Falcon Arrow went for a cover, got a near fall. They exchanged counters and credits until Styles suplexed Rollins into the turnbuckles. Styles then followed with a rack bomb for two. Styles went for a phenomenal forearm, but Rollins super kicked him in midair and followed up with a buckle bomb. Rollins went for a frog splash. Styles got the knees up. Styles once again set up for the forearm, but Edge attacked from behind with a steel chair. He was wearing a very fancy suit. He looked fucking awesome. Edge came out and smashed AJ in the back with the steel chair. And Rollins was begging the referee, no, 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 this can't be. No, please, don't end it in a DQ. Referee said, there's nothing I can do about it. Edge smiled in the most dick-like way to Rollins. You ain't getting this match at Mania, man. What are you talking about? This is my match with, with Styles, not you. So Edge coming out, blasting Styles with that cheer, steel chair was great. I don't really advocate for a DQ ending, but I mean, at the end of the day, we knew this was a fucking very predictable outcome. So why not? Why not? It only adds to Rollins' fucking frustration and his downfall. So with Edge causing the DQ here, Rollins grabbed the microphone. He stood on top of the announce table, started to say, this is bullshit in front of the Chicago fans. Rollins said Raw won't happen next week until he gets his WrestleMania spot. Rollins repeatedly said, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, off the microphone, and he was tossing around steel steps. He overturned the announce table. He threw everything off the announce table. He even ripped off one of the LED panels on the ring post. And this was like a, a, a huge temper tantrum. I remember back in the day during the Attitude Era when Brett was upset that Austin was getting one over on him every single week and McMahon wouldn't do anything about it. It reminded me of a Bret Hart, not to the extent of Bret Hart, but it was very similar to what Bret Hart used to do back in the Attitude Era when he used to have those temper tantrums at ringside when he felt like he was being screwed. Rollins feels like he's being screwed at a WrestleMania spot, which only adds to the intrigue of what Rollins is going to do at WrestleMania, which we all know is ultimately going to lead to Cody Rhodes. But outside of that, Monday Night Raw was an absolute, and I mean absolute dumpster fire. 
spearheaded by that Becky Lynch promo that was fucking horrendous. My little hobbitses. Becky Lynch. Fucking awful, man. I, I don't know how anybody could look at her and not pick up the remote control and change the fucking channel. Seriously. I appreciate you guys joining me. By the way, Veer is debuting on April 4th. April 4th is Veer. Veer Mahan. The Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, man. It may be the most anticipated debut of the entire year is Veer Mahan. That was the big news for the night. Thank you guys so much for joining me on your Monday nights, man. I appreciate you all. If I made you laugh, if I opened your eyes to something here, if you enjoyed the content, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up down below. Got 915 likes on the chat. Let's try for 1,000. I need 85 more. So if you guys have not hit the thumbs up, please go and do that for me. Helps out the channel tremendously. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Today I'm excited to announce that they have their new ultra premium collection. Now Manscaped is the leading, leading brand and trusted brand in below the waist grooming. Now you guys can trust them with all the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping by using code SCRIPT20 at checkout, man. The ultra premium collection. Now, you guys know Manscaped for their lawnmower 4.0. It's their signature crown jewel. Advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. Now they got the ultra premium collection, man. They got the premium deodorant. For your armpits, not your balls, this deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells like their signature scent. They got their hydrating body moisturizer, so you guys have tattoos or dry skin. I know I suffer a little bit with dry skin in the the wintertime. It's designed to keep your skin feeling clean, smooth, and fresh. They got their body wash, obviously to lather you up. It's got aloe vera and sea salt, and their two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp all in one easy step. And as a special gift, they're going to give you a three-pack of lip balm that's made with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those lips feeling moist. That's four products and a free gift, guys, in the Ultra Premium Collection. That's what I call a great deal. So if you guys are interested in this, which I hope you are, because anytime you guys support somebody like Manscaped, you're doing the podcast a solid, man. Manscaped.com, script 20 at checkout to save 20% off and get that free shipping. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. Super chats are open, guys. Get them on in. Continue to get them on in. We're going to go and read through them all as we start at the top. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Edge versus Randy at SummerSlam would be fire. I don't know if that's going to happen again, bro. But if Edge is going to continue this great heel run of his, I'd love to see him as WWE champion. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. KO segment was good, probably because he thought of it. Owens deserves to close out WrestleMania night one. 
Who would like to see Seth AJ feud after WrestleMania brand split ignored? Yes, there is uh, rumor and speculation that Seth Rollins, or not Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin will main event night one of WrestleMania. And that Charlotte Flair is getting bumped to the co-main event spot with Ronda Drowsy. Which I'm happy for. Because that Ronda and Charlotte feud has been fucking abysmal. There's nothing interesting there. Lauren Hutton with the $2 Super Chat. Street Profits turning heel. I don't think so. I don't think they're turning heel. Deadly Phoenix rising with a $5 Super Chat. JD, keep up the awesome work. And you are the king of the IWC. Also, today's my birthday, and I would like whatever you recommend for a drink. I'm going to go the Jesse route, Phoenix. I'm going to recommend you a crown apple and cranberry juice. Jesse swears by it, and if he likes it, I know it's pretty damn good. Because crown apple is fucking delicious, man. And happy birthday, brother. Theo with two $20 Super Chats. JD, I sent you something on your homepage. I hope you saw it. That is the most stupidest thing WWE had come up with in a long time. I'm going to dress up like Beth Phoenix next year and run around like the Tasmanian Devil for Halloween. I think that's better shit than what WWE is doing now. Bro, please don't dress up as Beth Phoenix. By that time, that joke will be super old, man. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Jack. Cody needs to show up next week. I say hold off Cody till WrestleMania. I don't debut him in Pittsburgh. I debut him in Dallas. Haywood with a $2 Super Chat. Yet Cody joins the dog shit show. Good luck, Charlie. World of Wrestling with a $5 Super Chat. JD, I'm going to need two bottles of Grey Goose Vodka for night one and night two because this show is going to be garbage. We're all going to need it. Yeah, WrestleMania is looking rather fucking lame this year, man. Very lame. Loch Ness, 22 with a 499 Super Chat. Keep up the great work, brother. When midnight strikes, it's another lap around the sun for me. May I have a birthday shout-out, please? Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Loch Ness. And happy birthday, brother. You enjoy your day, man. And make sure you have at least one celebratory cold beverage. Micah with the 199 Super Chat. Lesnar should have defended the title at Mania night one. Who knows what the plan would have been, bro, if Bobby Lashley didn't get hurt. Who knows? Jeremiah Ace with a 499 Super Chat. Thoughts on Disco Inferno saying that CM Punk storylines in AW are underwhelming. And what song should Cody use in WWE? Kingdom or Smoke and Mirrors? He should absolutely use Kingdom, number one. And fuck Disco Inferno. The guy is as dumb as a box of fucking crayons. CM Punk's return has been fucking... Magnificent. Fantastic. Seriously. CM Punk storylines in AEW are underwhelming. Why don't you go ask MJF that? Sure, MJF will have a word or three about fucking Disco Inferno. 
the professional gamer with the $2 super chat. WWE putting legends on the line like championships. Well, because they're creatively bankrupt, gamer. It's what they do on Monday night. It's what one does when you have given up on all WrestleMania build. They're pretty much saying, we can't wait to get to WrestleMania to get this shit over with. JP5150 with a 19-month membership. JP, you fucking beast. I appreciate the commitment, brother, to the VIP lounge. JD, I will need my usual Casa Dragones over ice after witnessing this three-hour nightmare. I would rather play Outlast in insane mode, bro. No joke. Bro, you could legitimately do anything you want. And it would be better than Monday Night Raw. Casa Dragones, bro. I'm making it a double. Jeremy Harris with a $5 super chat. How many times WWE is going to use the same gimmick with Kevin Owens tonight? JD, I tell you, WWE is a comedy show. Keep up the good work, my brother. Thank you so much, Jeremy Harris. Nick Crispino with a $10 super chat. 10 bucks for those drinking Jack and Coke. Keep doing your thing, JD. Thank you, Nick. Can't go wrong with a solid Jack and Coke. Theo with a 1999 Super Chat. I plan on getting a PS5 within the next couple of days. If you have the new WW2 K22, is it worth buying? I recorded an hour and a half of 2K22 content today, man. Half of which you will see tomorrow. You guys will see at least 30 minutes of content tomorrow. Scooter McGee with a $4.99 Super Chat. While it could be Lashley, our worst nightmares is WrestleMania 38, a Punjabi prison match. Surprise opponent, Great Khali versus Omos. Now, we don't want to see Omos versus Great Khali in a Punjabi prison match. Nobody wants to see that. Don't give me nightmares, Scooter McGee. I already don't sleep. The Kingdom Kid with a $20 Super Chat. How would I bring Cody out? Austin and KO do their thing. And Seth comes out to try and be a part of it. And Austin brings Cody out. And Cody comes out and says, I'll see you tomorrow, Seth. That's how you win night one. No. Now, Cody Cody is a surprise. Like, the Hardys were a surprise. At WrestleMania 33. Johnny Cloud 9 with a seven-month membership. Thank you for the commitment to the VIP room, guys. Always. Thank you, Johnny Cloud. Seven months. I'll take a double jack and coke on the rocks. Appreciate you being here week in and week out. Love you, JD and the OTS family. Hashtag, where is Veer? Apparently, he's coming April 4th. Randy B with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, do we really believe Cody is going to get a Roman-level push? I don't trust anything that has to do with Vince being involved. They have failed WrestleMania. Bro, Cody is not getting a Roman-level push. For $5 million, WWE may be forced to give Cody a Roman-level push. It's a lot of fucking money for somebody that you're not going to really treat as a megastar in your company. Montreal Rather with a $5 Super Chat. Will Sasso being back would have been better for the parody, if you ask me. I don't know, man. KO did a, a, a decent job tonight. Gavin D with a Australia $10 super chat about the AEW DDT agreement. If AEW had access to the Ironman Heavy Metal Weight Championship, do you think 
It will be the AW 24-7 Geek Squad. Bro, I don't know jack shit about DDT, and I don't really care about Japanese pro wrestling, bro. The only reason why AEW is in bed with DDT is because they're trying to build themselves a video library and they're trying to get a streaming deal service for AEW. That's the only thing on their mind. But I saw some WWE fucking neckbeards out there putting down DDT and the Japanese Joshi type shit and all the shit, all the cringe shit that the Japanese promotions do. Meanwhile, nobody, nobody really cares to bring up the fact that WWE had zombies on their show, flesh-eating zombies that injured The Miz by eating him alive. That won't be mentioned, though. Omas with a $5 super chat. I got a spoiler for you, JD. My opponent will be Kane, of course. I will prove that I am better than Kane. I will be the new mayor of Knox County. I would actually much rather see Kane versus Omos than Bobby Lashley. Jonah with a 13-month membership. Thank you for the commitment to the VIP lounge, Jonah. It'll be very telling how they treat Cody, how Vince sees AEW talent. Watch them idiots mess this up. God, I hope not. Like I said, bro, I said this on, I said this a couple of times. WWE has got a rare chance at a W here. If they treat Cody right, Whoever they're interested in in AEW is going to give WWE a look just to see or base it off of how Cody was treated. If they see Cody being treated good, then it might raise some eyebrows. Hmm, maybe I do have a chance over there. I'm not giving WWE the benefit of the doubt. I'm not. Zetopia Productions with a 499 Super Chat. There's a rumor that the winner of Seth Cody faces Roman at WrestleMania Backlash. If true, would you have Cody dethrone Roman? Zetopia, that is not a rumor. Nobody ever reported that. There's too many fucking incels on social media, man, that get away with tweeting shit and people believe it. It's not a story. And that was reported by nobody. OJ with a $10 super chat. Some fan recently told me that the Mania build has been great with lots of matches. Look forward to in response to me saying that it has been egregious. Mediocrity incarnate. Bro, Revolution was out WrestleMania, and I'm more hyped for Double or Nothing than I am WrestleMania. I'm more hyped for fucking Dynamite than I am WrestleMania. Nobody gives a shit about WrestleMania. Ricardo Linnell with the $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Ricardo. So glad I have OTS because I haven't watched this terrible show in months. Becky still sucks. Rematches are like NyQuil, and WWE continues to troll fans by misusing talented professional wrestlers. Shame. OJ with the $10 Super Chat. They also said that because many people on Twitter and casuals like it, my opinion on it being bad is subjective. Right, but so wrong. My WrestleMania main event is going to be me and Tony Storm's booty meat on OnlyFans. Congrats to Tony Storm, man. She's making a killing. King Mo Jackson with the 199 Super Chat. WWE is nothing but a circus and a sideshow. Yes, and the head ringling brother is Bruce Pritchard. Jonathan Gastello. 
with a 499 Super Chat. I didn't actually believe that Becky cut that Lord of the Rings inspired promo until I watched it. People are praising this rambling crap. Yeah, the check marks. All the fucking journalists out there are praising it, man. The journalists have half a fucking brain. The journalists and these websites that you all go to for news, man, they are several crayons short of a fucking rainbow. Let me tell you. They wouldn't know something good if it slapped them right in the fucking face. What a joke. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Jack. Ricky Starks versus Swerve Strickland. I believe that they just announced for the Ring of Honor. Tony Khan actually announced for the Ring of Honor Supercard show. Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. Seems to be going over very well, man. Tony Khan is going to be putting together quite the card, man. Lauren Hutton with a $2 Super Chat. What do you think will be worse? Mania 9, 32, or 38? By far 30. I'll take WrestleMania 9 any day of the week, bro. Any day of the week, Lauren. 32 was horrendous, but 38 works. uh, It looks worse on paper. So we'll see what happens. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. ACDC or Aerosmith? Who's better? ACDC by a fucking mile. Steven Escalante with a $4.99 Super Chat. Did you hear about Ring of Honor on April 1st? TK announced Lethal versus Moriarty. Yes, I did. Yes, I did, man. Adam Johnston with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Keep up the cracking work. Going to need a bottle of Pepto-Bismol for WrestleMania. Is that all you're going to need, bro? Pepto-Bismol? I know you're going to be nauseous. Might need to add some NyQuil to your fucking grocery list, bro. Hooligrim, 17 months. What happened, bro? You retracted your 17-month membership. Why? Or your message. What happened there? Uh, Jesse, stop spreading lies in the chat, bro. Stop spreading lies, bro. I may have to dump you. Otis with a $2 super chat. I played Elden Ring instead of watching Raw. Good on you, bro. I think that was the right move. That was the right move. I wish I could be so lucky. Alexis Vidales with a $2 super chat and says nothing. No message for Alexis. What happened, bro? Why are you so shy? Put it in the tip jar, man. I don't need it. Issa's coming back soon. I don't need it. Give it to her. Give it to the Issa fund. Or give it to Jesse. He may need to buy some uh, some legit fucking meat for his tacos that's actually edible. Kevin with a four ninety nine Super Chat. I haven't been in the venue for a while. Been listening on Spotify. Mania is looking... Like it's worse than WrestleMania 32. Bro, on paper, it absolutely is. Absolutely is, man. Boogie Down Bronx with a 199 Super Chat. Wednesday is my first premium live event. Hashtag AEW. You're going to have a good time, bro. You're going to have a good time, man. Jesse, listen, I'm getting out of here. All right, um... Make sure the, uh, the, the, the top shelf stuff is stocked, okay? 
And I need to, uh, have the floors mopped, please. Somebody fucking made a mess, bro, by the fucking VIP lounge. I, I don't know. Somebody got drunk, man. Somebody got drunk. I, I, listen, I gotta go. I'll call you tomorrow, bro, okay? Shut your mouth. You and your fucking tacos, man. Thunder Rose is champion, bro. Listen. Now's not the time to piss her off, all right? I'll call you tomorrow. This fucking guy. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Talking about this and that. Just fucking mop the floors, bro. You know what to do, man. Alex Perez with a 499 Super Jet. What happened to the messages, man? Thank you, Alex, for the 499 uh, Super Chat. No message. Ricardo Lindell with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you for all that you do for us, JD. JD, is it Wednesday yet? No. We have another day to go, man. And OJ with a $5 Super Chat. How do you survive watching these terrible shows every week, man? I do it. Because I got a lot to say, but I die of anger and boredom. You're the GOAT. Thank you, bro. Jesse, am I going to have to screenshot you that I'm not a Tony Storm subscriber to OnlyFans? Huh? What the fuck are you talking about, man? Seriously. Maybe you're the one that's fucking subscriber. Let me find out. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you for all the super chats, guys. I appreciate you, man. I'm going to hop on some Destiny now. Try to detox from this terrible Monday Night Raw. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for the thousand likes. I'll be back live tomorrow night for NXT, man. I'm coming back with the NXT reviews, man. I can't let Fightful steal my audience. Anyway, I'm getting out of here, guys. I need two things from you. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Number two, you know when that guitar solo comes on, man. You know what happens next. I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night in the venue for NXT. And I'll see you guys tomorrow with some WW2K22 content right here on the channel. Till then, guys, take care, and I'll see you back in the venue for NXT on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. 
engineering your success.